Welcome to Beneath Your Beautiful, where guests share stories of adversity and perseverance, which inspire, encourage, and challenge us. We embrace these tough conversations, intimately exploring our loves, fears, and hopes with a delicious combination of depth and lightness. My name is Paul Zolman. I actually have come from a background of anger, was learned an angry culture from my parents. It's kind of been passed down that in crisis, we become angry instead of calming down. So that's kind of the background I have. I needed to step out of that, wanted to get away from that culture. And so I decided I wanted to learn more about love. And so that's how I became a love language linguist, by wanting to do that. It was learned behavior. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying it's generational more than genetic, just because they didn't know any better. My father graduated from eighth grade only because his father passed away four years before he graduated from eighth grade. And so the pressure was really on him at that time to to go to work. It was 1932, it was the middle of the depression, and it was really hard times. My grandfather had abandoned nine children in Indiana, had 10 more children with his second wife in Montana, of which my father was number six, so 19 children. My father made the generation a whole lot better, only had 11 children, of which I'm number 10. Oh, okay. I only had eight. Oh, no. (laughs) My husband's father was very angry. He couldn't do anything right. He was always kind of scared of his father. And as a young man, followed in his father's footsteps because that was the example he had. He's 56 now and he's like the sweetest. I can't even picture it. But he said, as the example set, he would get mad at his wife because the house wasn't perfectly clean or whatever. Did you find you were following in the footsteps and so then put a halt to it and changed it? Is is that what happened? Yes and no. I would be annoyed, 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 annoyed. And then I would never know when that flashpoint would happen. Mm. You know, if it happens in public, it's like that person that just happens to have an accident in the swimming pool. Everybody scatters. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And it's just, you don't want to be close to that person. And I was repelling people that way and repelling people within the family too. So it's just those angry outbursts that probably was contributory to the demise of my first marriage after 23 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Started looking around and said, well, what would be the opposite of anger? How do I get out of this culture that I grew up in? And I started looking at the color code and then the five love languages and really settled in on the five love languages. I had an idea. Even as dysfunctional as our family was growing up, we liked games and games brought our family together. You know, there was still all the smack talk. There was still all the put downs. There was still all the aggressive competition, but our family was together. So I thought maybe it would be fun to make this into a game that we could learn the five love languages. I went through the book, but the book didn't go through me. And so I was having a problem with that. So I made my own icons and then made it into a game. Just a cube that has five love languages, six sides on the cube. This one has a hand with a question mark. And that would be surprise me. So there's just two instructions. You roll the die every day, whatever it lands on, that's the love language you practice giving away all day, all day. To everybody. So I didn't have a significant other at the time. I said, what am I going to love? And it just dawned on me, well, I'll have to love everybody. It was absolutely perfect for me because I needed a consistency in my life that would allow me to have a change of character. 
I'm trying to move from anger and what's wrong with that person. Instead of looking at their faults or their weaknesses, I'm missing the 80 to 90%. That's good. Mm -hmm. So I have to just refocus and change that paradigm. Start looking what's right about that person. What can I love about that person? And it was a whole paradigm shift that happened just by simple two-second roll of the die every single day. It sets the tone for the day. It sets the theme for the day, a purpose for the day. And with that purpose, I was so busy, I forgot to be annoyed. I was always focused on what's right with that person. This became a replacement behavior that I needed. It was magical. Within 30 days, I was already reprogrammed myself to look at what's right with that person now instead of what's wrong with that person. The more I love me, the more I love everybody. That's how I feel like I've seen the best in everybody. Once I started seeing the best in me, did that have the reverse effect on you? Like, because you were seeing everybody so well, then you found that in yourself. It did. It was exactly the reverse effect. I was watching for the good in other people. And what happens is that as I'm practicing each genre of a love language that day, when they light up, you've made their day. And it actually is great satisfaction for yourself that I sent love out. I actually can do this. You know, I don't have to be angry. I can send love out. Mm -hmm. It helps your self-esteem to say, well, I can do this. I can be someone that's loving. Now it's, I intend and I practice sending out love all day, every day. I'm looking this way one day. The next day I'm looking this way. Nice. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I am coming up on 65. I'm 56 and I'm the youngest of six. And it took me, well, most of my life <laughs> to stop needing their approval and getting their approval. And the image I had in my head of no matter what thing new I tried was them rolling their eyes, you know, because I'm the baby. It took a lifetime, really, well, 50 years to stop not only thinking that, but realizing that we're all grownups and that they're really cheering me on. They're not rolling their eyes anymore. We're not kids. So I was just wondering how you are with your siblings now. We are still looking to our brothers and sisters for approval. Absolutely. And I don't think it changes much at all. I realize that when you get back together with your siblings, it almost like is like the pecking orders all back there too that they're going to assert their authority for age authority only. They have nothing on you. Right. They have really have nothing nothing left to put on you except their age. Now, I'm older than you. You remember, I, I'm smarter than you. I'm wiser than you. All, all that garbage. And it really is garbage. So yeah. when we see each other as people, though, that is probably the, the best interaction that we can have. Yeah. And it's not only our family, but it's really other people. Quit doing them as objects. Quit doing them as uh, someone that maybe you think you can manage, but it's not your call. Right. It's their call. Let them live their life. Most of the time, I was annoyed at what other people were doing. Rarely did I get annoyed at myself. Well, there was one time that I was so annoyed with myself that I didn't talk to myself for three days. <laughs> When I realized that I have no control over their life, I was able to draw that boundary and say, well, what do I have control over? And it's just like, I can't bid someone to love me, right? but I do have control about sending it out. And when you're sending this out, you're sending it out without any expectation of it ever coming back. 
but you're trusting the laws of the universe that were all in place way before we ever were born. The law of karma, law of attraction, the law of reciprocity, the law of polarity, all those laws are natural laws that there's nothing we can do to change those laws. Trust those laws that the love will come back eventually. Just send it out. That's really all we can do. You're going to get paid when somebody lights up. You're going to get that satisfaction when somebody lights up, when you make their day, when you help them have a better day, when you lift them up. That's when you get paid. This investment, the two seconds that it takes to roll the cube or the dice, sets a tone for the day. That investment is going to give you huge returns for the rest of that day and for your life as you continue. You know how they say, are you somebody you'd want to date? As an angry man, you probably weren't somebody somebody wanted to date. But now that you have been practicing love and you have found that you are lovable because you are now a kind man, now are you somebody that you'd want to date? And is that why now you're in a happy marriage? Good question. That question never crossed my mind. In an angry culture, that question is never going to cross your mind. The angry culture, it's all uh, a lot of narcissism within that anger culture. It's a lot about me, me, me. This is totally different. It's never about me. It's always about them. I know that in my lifetime here, I've missed a lot of love that was sent my way that I couldn't see. So now to answer your question, I feel I'm a whole lot better prepared to be in the dating world. If I had to go out in the dating world again, I'm glad I'm not there right now. But if I had to go out in the dating world, I feel a whole lot more prepared than I ever was and that I feel like I can have actually a whole lot more meaningful relationships because I'd be able to detect or have them have them show what their love language is by just lighting up. Yeah. Obviously, I believe now that variety is a spice of life. Rolling this cube gives you that variety and it really makes a, a huge difference in the relationship to have it, have the spice of the relationship really helps. Love in the heart wasn't put there to stay. Love isn't love till it's given away. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beneath Your Beautiful, hosted by Hara Allison. And thank you for your ratings and reviews. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Stay tuned.